Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. This time, Aston Villa are losers, I guess once again I should say, losing 2-0 to Southampton at St. Mary's Stadium. Um, an effort that many will say was probably the worst they've seen, maybe some in a lifetime depending on how old you are, uh, maybe the worst of the season. Um, I, I guess to summarize it up, it was absolutely dreadful. But of course, I am not here alone, never am. I am here with my good pal Danny. Danny Raza, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Cole. I'm doing all right. I am... Um... Obviously a little bit disappointed with the Villa, but it is what it is. We're getting used to it. And it's uh, one week away from the League Cup final. I was, you know what, in my head right there, I was just going through like all the different sponsors it's had in the last few years. And I just didn't <laughs> want to say the wrong thing. And I'm, I'm yeah. not going to state them. But yeah, um, the League Cup final or the Carabao Cup final. I'm looking forward to that at the very least. Should we just like refer to it as like every name it's had throughout this to really confuse people? Like, <laughs> what? Carling Cup got the. Was it, was it the Coca-Cola Werther's Cup? Coca Cola Cup as well, wasn't it? Coca Cola Cup, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, there was, was it, uh, oh, was it it's like the Data Systems Cup or something like that? Is, am, am I right in thinking that? Uh, this is like back. Yeah, but, anyways. Um, I'll rein it in there. Sorry to cut you off, Liam, because I want to introduce you. Um, you will hear another voice here. Um, and, of course, that is our good buddy Liam from the 75 Holt, 100 to Holt website. He is a contributor. Um, he is a up-and-coming young star within the industry, I'd like to say. Uh, James would always say that, so I feel like I have to say that as well to beg him up a little bit here. But, uh, Liam, you. how you doing? I'm very good, thank you. No, nice intro there. Uh, I'm really good. How are you guys? <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> You're very polite. I'm not used to this because, like, in the past, and I'm sure Holtcast listeners will know, uh, me, James, and Danny would take shots at each other. Um, <laughs> not like they're uh, too, like, rated R kind of thing, but you're so polite, and it's kind of, it's it's nice to see that. But anyways, uh, guys, let's get right into it because uh, it, there's, there's not a struggle to talk about things, but uh, there's definitely not too much because, let's be honest, uh... Villa didn't put up much of a fight yesterday. Danny, I'll come to you first. Uh, let's get your initial thoughts on the starting lineup. We'll start there because, of course, we had Drinkwater drop out, uh, went to more of a usual lineup. Mings comes in for angles. So uh, with that being said, what were your thoughts on the lineup? And if we focus on angles here for a second, what do you think that did to maybe even him? Because, you know what, it was a blunder against Spurs and you, you, he finds himself back on the bench. I mean, I thought it was the correct lineup to start with. Um, he clearly, as as well as he played against Spurs last week, he did make those blunders. He did give away the penalty, and he did. Uh, he was at fault for that for that last goal. So uh, I can understand why Dean Smith's gone. Well, you know, let's just put Tyrone back in there. Maybe we'll get some balance back in that defence. Unfortunately, that balance did not exist. It was gone again straight from the off. It's funny because yeah, I I did think it was the correct lineup. Uh, El Ghazi, Grealish and Samata as the front three I think it kind of writes itself unless you want to toy with the idea of playing Trezeguet ahead of of um, El Ghazi and uh, in terms of the midfield I think Drinkwater going out again right decision you want Nakamba in there you want no- you want Nakamba and Douglas Louise in there theoretically you've got two battlers which is what you want against Southampton um you certainly uh you know knowing knowing that they're the kind of team that are going to press you uh, you certainly don't want uh, somebody like Danny Drinkwater who has looked off the pace for the last few 
games. Absolutely. I, I think the thing here, Liam, I'll, I'll come to you right now. Uh, yeah. Let's stick with the topic of angles. What are your thoughts essentially on him being dropped? Obviously, Mings comes back and it's a given, but is, does any part of you feel like he should have slid in somewhere in that back three? Personally, for me, um, if you go back to the start of the season, Mings and Engels I thought we were a fantastic partnership. And I thought they played really well. But in that back four, we did get exposed quite a lot. So I appreciate that we have gone back to this back three. And I personally believe that Engels is the right man to be in this back three. Yes, he made a mistake against Tottenham to allow Sun to score the winning goal. But I, him alongside Mings and really, in my opinion, Chester, but we've loaned him out to Stoke now, are three patterners, tenacious players who are going to get the ball and assure you that they're going to protect the goalkeeper. And they're distributed to the wing backs and the midfielders. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Actually, you bring up a great point here. Daniel, I'll ask you this right now. Mm. James Chester, would he have added any value to this? I'm not saying for this game in particular, but Liam does bring up a good point with the, the, the grinders, the battlers. James Chester, albeit we don't know what kind of center back he's like after this injury and how horrific it really was for him. Would he have been a player that could have helped us in this fight? Uh, if I'm being honest, I think we made the right decision to loan him back to Stoke. I think... Maybe we did need another centre half in January, possibly, but he, you know, he was, he was coming back from a very, very bad injury, uh, and it's not something that I think we'd have wanted to risk, especially when the defence has already been so uh, all over the place. I mean, uh, Liam makes a good point. If if James Chester was the same James Chester that he was in the Championship for us last season and the season before, then uh, then, 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 obviously I think it, it, it'd be brilliant for, for us to have him in that defence. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think that we're, we're probably missing a little bit of quality because Konza and Hawes, they're not quite Premier League quality yet. And I think that's, that is a struggle. Um, but, yeah, I just think yeah. Look, if the, the the only contradiction for me is that we 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 started playing Danny Drinkwater despite the fact he'd barely played any football. So I, I guess the counter argument there is that well, you know, why didn't we allow the same sort of luxury to to James Chester? Um, Cole, I'm quite interested to know what what you'd play as the defence if I'm if I'm being totally honest because uh, again, Liam makes a good point. Four four two, is that some not four four two? And sorry, four at the back is that something that we have to switch to now? Because like, uh, it, it was awful for us. It's tough because it, it's interesting because when we did, we had the 4-4-3 or 4-4-3, wow, 4-3-3, if I can do my maths correctly, wow. Um, with that whole formation, obviously we saw it work time he, like time and time again for a little bit. And then, of course, things got stale pretty quickly and that was pretty evident. And then we switched to this formation. Now it just seems like it's happening all over again. So it's almost like, do we stick and twist and go back to the old? Or do we find something anew, really? Because I'm kind of feeling we like we do. I feel like, well, the, the first issue is obvious. If one of these center backs goes down, there's going to be a clear issue. Because then you're down to probably angles coming in. And then really, who's behind him? Uh, that's one thing that always has concerned me with this. Especially with uh, Chester leaving. The other thing is just pure coverage, and I think with the Southampton game, it was a perfect example because Southampton were evidently able to keep our key players, and especially the wingers, out wide as possible. So you had El Ghazi before he came off, and even Grealish constantly out wide, kind of crossing in box uh, balls that were going into the box for more of a hope and a prayer argument more than anything. 
then they were essentially able to dominate the midfield. Like if you look at probably 75 minutes of that game, 100% of that was Southampton dominate the middle of the park. Nakamba just got constantly overran. Douglas Louise playing beside him a little bit more advanced at times, just didn't track back enough. And it was evident. And I think, I don't, first of all, and I'll come to you, Liam, about this, because I think this is a good thing to bring up. Yeah. Why do you think it took Dean Smith so long? Maybe it wasn't just him, but why do you think it took so long to switch back to more of a 4-3-3 where we're going to have a more uh, packed midfield? Because in my opinion, that should have happened in the first 20 minutes. Well, um, I believe in pre-season, Smith and Terry uh, did not like uh, three at the back or five at the back, if you like. And they were ever they were really wanted to play this uh, 4-3-3 formation because in the midfield, as you said, uh, you've got two solid centre-backs. Um, you're not exposing yourself, but then you're not being too defensive either. But for me, I would probably stick with the 4-3-3. I think in, I would put Mings and Engels in the, at the back uh, as well because, again, against Tottenham at the start of the season, I thought they were brilliant together. Uh, personally, I think 4-3-3 is a great um, formation to play. Against, well, you say against Man City, but who knows <laughs> what happened in that game. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one, especially. Danny, I'll come to you next, because uh, formation-wise, do you think we need to go back to a 4-3-3? Because when I look at striker-wise especially, I think Samata, in my opinion, fits that mold a little bit more than Wesley did, in my opinion. Yeah, he's the one thing saving me from feeling like a hypocrite for (laughs) for kind of feeling like 4-3-3 should probably come back, because I, 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 I honestly hated it. I hated the way we were playing in it because we were totally pressed back. Like, nobody was allowing us any room to go forward. The the fullbacks, Target and Gilbert, who quite possibly are two of our most forward, uh, forward-going forward players at times, um, especially Matt Target, um, they'd, they'd be pretty much rendered oblivious. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, like, it, it wasn't working for us at all. But I guess no. part of that was that, that Wesley was not the guy for that formation because he, he had to be back all the time we'd, we'd felt like we were play, basically playing with a false nine and then two wingers um and it, it wasn't suiting us maybe with Samata in there maybe with somebody in there with a killer instinct who's you know going to be available in the box perhaps it'll work a little bit better this time but it, it doesn't it doesn't fill me with any confidence whatsoever that we would actually change the way we're playing because it, it it just seems like we're too comfortable to to sit back and and, and play the majority of the game in our for in in our, in our own half. Whatever formation you're playing, I don't care what formation you're playing. In fact, uh, that that is not a problem that's going to get sorted out just by changing the shape. Yeah, true. It comes down to basics, and we're just not doing the basics right. And it's been evident for a while. We all know Dean Smith. Uh, his ethos is attack minded, and you're gonna concede, but his kind of thing is you're going to score more than he concede, And it's just not happening right now. And it's, it's kind of been that case really all season. Um, guys, let's get kind of back into the game here. Let's go over to the first goal because it happened eight minutes in and it's that man, man again. And I feel like I'm saying this every week because there's just someone on every team that just has a great record. It seems like against score against Villa and that being Shane long eight minutes in uh, Gineppo, Fires in a kind of mid-range cross, and uh, to be appropriate for younger listeners, um, it, it goes off his member um, <laughs> from the camera angle. So uh, one way to score so a goal, what, that's for sure. What's a member call? 
his member would be his private area, his frontal private okay. area. <laughs> I knew what a member was. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I knew you were going to do something like that. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I'm flustered now. Like, I don't even know what to say. But, uh, <laughs> Jesus. I'm leaving that in. But anyways, so off the back of that, it's 1-0. And you're looking at that as maybe more of a Courtney Haas error in terms of tracking his man because he does leave him pretty wide open. Uh, let's go with you, Liam, first. How did you feel about that goal? It, it kind of seemed like it was inevitable. Um, but how did you see it breaking down? Well, it's a perfect example of how disorganised our defence is. Well, as you said, they easily allowed Gineppo to uh, get onto the wide wing. How he got the crossing, I have no clue. And there was a miscommunication between Rayner and the defender in the box to allow Shane Long to score. I think it was too easy of a goal to uh, score for Southampton, and we could have easily prevented it if the defence communicated with one, of the, one another. Surely with this new three-at-the-back formation, we're more secure at the back. And therefore, but then... With Southampton have, 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 sorry, having very artful players on the wing, it's almost as if Hawes and Cons are being dragged out wide and that creates space in the middle for the likes of Shane Long and Dangs to score. So it just needs a bit more organisation and a bit more communication at the back in order for us to perfect that formation. And consequently, because we there was no uh, communication, um, Shane Long scored. Yeah, absolutely. Danny, I, I know this. It, like When you look even back further in the play, it was a bit of a fluke because I can't remember the Southampton player that had the ball. I think he was playing it straight through to it was Ings or Long, and it got deflected off a player, and that's how it ended up with Gineppo. But regardless, within that goal, you look at Gilbert. He's way out of position. Um, him and Algazi on that wing yesterday were completely out of position numerous times. And of course, Trezeguet came, came on after. We'll talk about that issue in a bit. Um, where does this goal uh, go to fault? Because there's a few instances where I could blame Haas, you could blame Gilbert, you could blame a number of players. So when you look at it, who would you essentially look at as the person who made this error? By this point, Southampton have, only, have already had like five shots at goal and we've we we haven't had any and it's one of those where i think again this is this is the result of of pressing a team high up the pitch this is the result of um and this is why i like ralph hasenhutl he's 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 basically got a southampton team who were totally dire and out of confidence to play well to 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 basically be a difficult team to play against because because they they, they choke you they choke the defense and the amount of men that are forward there for Southampton. And if you if you get people forward and you do start, you know, trying to whip the ball into the box and you do uh, start to try and, you know, uh, run at the other team, then inevitably there's going to be bubbles. There's going to be things which end up in your favor. But you have to be in that position of the pitch for that to happen. Yes. That goal, if you look at it in isolation, there's a lot of luck there. There's a lot of coincidences. It goes off Nakamba's knee and it bounces off just in the right position for, for Gineppo. And, you know, it, it catches Shane Long just in the right area for, for it to bed into the back of the net. But again, again, at this point, this is Villa just starting slow. Why are we sitting back? Why are we allowing Southampton to keep coming at us? Why not, you know, try to combat that by, by, by going forward ourselves? Because, you know, the, 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 the way that we're sat, it's not going to change, you know, Southampton's style of play. They'll press us if we're, uh, if we're you know, deep uh, and they'll press us if we're higher up the pitch. Um, and I think 
you know, this is this is again just a failure, I think, of Dean Smith to uh, properly read the opponents. Um, and I know this is probably going to be something that we talk about a little bit later on. Uh, it seems as though he was unhappy with the way the team played uh, in more specific ways. But again, this is just this is just Villa being Villa. This is just you know coming out there being lackadaisical. And I and I'm I, I was pretty strongly worded in my tweet the other day and I don't know if I should take it back or not but it did feel like a bit of a middle finger to the fans again because once again it was one of those where suddenly we decided to switch on and wake up because a goal um, had been scored against us it's just not good enough Cole well I think the issue too though in like like what what games are the players up for because you look at Spurs we came out flying and we're not even used to that and albeit the mistake, it, we were on the front foot for a good portion of that game. I'm pretty sure we talked about it last week and we had the most possession. And that doesn't happen. I, I don't know what it is. Like, is it a confidence hindrance after that game? Is it, oh, we just want to be up for the big games? And I think, obviously, Dean Smith said it best in his uh, post-match presser because there's too many passengers. There's too many training ground players. They look fantastic when there's no pressure on and I don't know if they don't have the stomach for it. I don't want to get too personal with that stuff, but I, I just don't know at this point, like at what point do some of these players look at themselves and think I can do better. I know I believe in myself and put that shift in because we'll, we'll talk about this now, Danny, I'll come to you right back to you. If you're going to name, we'll say anywhere between two to three passengers in this game, who would your top two or three be? Because I could probably almost name five. Oh boy. Are we naming and shaming? Oh, sure. We might as well, because honestly, if Dean Smith's going to do it, we might as well, because we'll get to it in the Man City preview, because he even said it. There's a number of players that probably have lost their position in the cup final. They've they basically played themselves out of a spot. Instead, instead of us being too too critical, I guess personally on players, let's 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 look at let's frame it like this, right? Who's who's Dean Smith talking about when he says that players are losing their position in the cup final? And I'm interested in what Liam has to say as well. I yeah. think I think Konza, I think that's mm-hmm. evident from you know the fact that he went off the field. Yeah, I think Gilbert, you know didn't seem to be around defensively and then actually going forward was pretty much non-existent. Al Ghazi, there has been a little bit of stick for him. A lot of fans um, were sort of of the opinion that he was too soft in being taken off. But, you know, when it comes to concussions, none of us should be, none of us should be forming a judgment on it. It doesn't have to look like it hurt for it to actually be an issue. So I don't want to name him, but it could be somebody that, that uh, Dean Smith's talking about. Uh, a few people said Trezeguet as well, but I don't I don't quite I don't see, see that. that. No. I don't see that. But I think Nakamba and Louise are in danger. Both of them. Really? Both of them are in. Well, I like Nakamba. I really do. I think, to be honest, in any of our best midfields, Nakamba has to play right. But yeah. like Louise again, is one of those players who goes totally missing unless it's a big game or unless he's coming off the bench and has to prove something. It felt like that. Um, we just had no grasp on the midfield whatsoever. But Absolutely. Eh, yeah, that's, that's, that's just 
I guess, a few. Liam, what do you think? Maybe you can kind of be more specific. Yeah. Than well, talking about uh, specific examples in the Canberra and Louise, the leagues that they've come from, they've got more time on the ball, so therefore in the Premier League, they could come across as being complacent. Yeah, it's an issue. And, yeah, it is an issue, definitely. And we need them to be more more self-aware of the players around them so therefore we can get the ball to the more attacking players and therefore we could get a shot on goal and potentially score because at the moment they're not performing to their best abilities I mean Louise has been good in the games previously before Southampton but and talking about midfield as well who would be your ideal midfield two or three because <laughs> I, I personally don't know Horahan Horahan definitely has to be in there for me Horahan definitely Henry Lansbury <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, our our squad really like beyond like the starting eleven is just really bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think you should answer Liam's question, Cole. Uh, it's tough. Um. Oh my God. I don't know. Like, here, if I'm gonna reformat the question, like basically when I look at it, like who are you gonna pick out of those three? I think if you're going to play, say, like maybe more of a central defensive midfielder, someone who's going to be sweeping up the ball and just moving it, I would say Nakamba has to go there just because I think his passing is pretty terrible. I think that was evident yesterday and it has been for most of the season. Um, so I'd have to say him. I just think when you look at his defensive cover, who can we improve on there? If you're going to play with two midfielders, say, in front of him, um, I guess it all depends going forward on McGinn, really. You have to think he walks back into that team. But at the same time, when do you put him in the right moment? Because you you don't want to throw him into the Wolves and then something happens. You never know there. Um, so we'll pretend he's healthy. So you'd have to say McGinn. And then, I don't know. that The next one's a real toss-up. Do you go with Hurahan? Do you go with Douglas Louise? And it, to, in my opinion, it all depends on... The game situation. So, say for looking at Man City, we'll talk about this in the preview um, later in the week. But if you're kind of looking forward, I'd have to say Horahan because I think Louise has played himself out of it. Yeah, I think the other uh, thing with Horahan as well, you know, when you look at, you know, against like a Man City or something, you've also got a player there who can maybe get a goal out of nothing. And yeah. I think that's 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 something that that you perhaps want in a game like that. But I think. My worry against Man City is that, you know, the last time we played them, it was another one of those where half the team just didn't bother to turn up at all. Yeah. Like, that that, that was, that was I mean, we, we talk about how, like... Because, I mean, I said personally that I think that this Southampton game was probably, you know, maybe equal to, like, maybe our worst performance of the season. But, you know, you've got a, you've got a good bet of saying that 6-0 at Man City was pretty bad as well. Um, mm. And that... But that, that wasn't a problem of, like... That wasn't that wasn't a problem of tactics, I don't think. Again, that was a problem of desire. So like it if like if you were to you know bring in Haurahan and, and, and play like your best midfield or whatever it is, it doesn't matter unless all eleven players on the pitch are are switched on. Like it all affects it. I don't know what point I'm trying to make here, but it's just kind of <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to just kind of explain like the helplessness of the situation almost. Yeah, it, it it's a tough one. Like uh, Liam, I'll come to you next because I think this yeah. is a good topic. Um, we'll skip over the El Ghazi stuff for now. Actually, you know what? Let's not even talk about it because I think it's it is what it is. We don't know how bad it is or if it's anything. Whatever. 
let's talk about the main situation and i think this is a huge thing and it's uh been a theme probably for the last month or so at least and that would be basically villa waking up after the 60th minute and it's almost like as soon as the clock hits 60 we're alive where how do you feel about that where do you think that even stems from uh give us your thoughts it's it's unexplainable to be honest because We've got such a weak squad in terms of there's no depth that surely we're going to be in that relegation fight. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money you uh, invest into the squad. That in mind, surely the players start playing and wake up from the first minute because we're going to play, we're going to face top opposition this season. We have already, and we're going to uh, till the end of the season in the Man City's, the Liverpool's, who are going to come at you, and you have to be on your best behaviour for 90 minutes and it's it's I'm, I'm speechless if I'm honest because how how professional footballer you're performing for the fans surely you should start and play properly from the first minute yeah I, I think the thing uh when I look at it too and a lot of people I don't know why but they throw it back to the relegation season and when they throw it back to the relegation yeah. season, they talk about obviously how bad that was. And they're saying, oh, this is just as bad, if not worse. I'm thinking, well, we have Julian Lescott, who couldn't give <laughs> a crap about this team and was more worried about his car. There are so many different yeah. things. Let's be realistic. We were not expecting to come up. What happened was an absolute miracle. And some people can say it was a fluke. We're ahead of schedule. Um, you can even look at a similar team in Norwich. They weren't really planning to go up, especially the way they did last year. They had a kind of a five-year plan as well. They're ahead of schedule and they're probably going back down. I think it, in reality, and even when it comes to waking up after 60 minutes, I think it's, I hate to say it, I think it's down to preparation. I think it's just down to the squad. Um, I don't really see it down to the unity because you see some fans going on Twitter saying this team doesn't look like they're close, whatever. This is as close as a team I've seen in a long time. You have to think Lambert years, even maybe even before that, if I'm going to go back that far. Wait, really? I'd say so. Like, look at, look at Jack. He's after the Spurs game, right up to angles. He's consoling him, all that kind of stuff. If you look at that over the last few years under even Steve Bruce, like I just, I didn't get that sense. Like Jack, Jack looks as lonely a player as anybody right now, Cole. Do you man, think like so? Yeah, like that. That why? Why? Look, look at look at the way that the mistakes are happening. They're they're so individual. Like you know, there's there's so many times as well where it's been like you know one of the players misreading. Like it's 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 like if Nakamba passes the ball back to like Konza or or something. It's you you, you there's so, been so many occasions where like one of the centre backs will just kind of you know realize two seconds later than the opposition, what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Like that's not good chemistry. They should, no. they should, they should be under, they should be, you know, learning to deal with that kind of pressure in training. Yeah. Sorry. When, when I'm saying like unity and stuff like that, I mean like getting along, like the chemistry in terms of like, but isn't that part of it? It can be, but uh, like, I oh, hell, I'll even say it with me. Like we've all played, um, sports at a recreational level um i'm sure we've all had kind of close-knit teams and i've been on close-knit teams and we didn't do well and it's went to the point that we're still all great friends and we still got along it just didn't click 
Um, it's different at the top end of the game because then money come, becomes involved. People want more money. Uh, some people can't be bothered. Some have more passion than others. That's at every level it's at some term in terms of the passion. But in terms of, I'd say, how the players get along, it seems like it's been as good as it's been for as long as I can remember. Now, the chemistry in terms of on the pitch, yeah, like, I, I'm almost kind of overlapping myself, Danny. I know what you mean. Like, it does all kind of come together. Um, but also, I do think a lot of that's preparation. And I'm not, at some point, I'm not Dean Smith out or any of that stuff's crap. But at some point, it just comes down to the systems. It comes down to kind of the overall awareness on the pitch and the quality of the players. And I hate to say it, I think the turnover between last season and this season is going to be the evident factor in what cost us. Because it's just there's so many people to embed in. And I don't want to blame Matt because that's a Fulham excuse. But there's just so many, there were so many players to replace. And obviously, you can only spend up to a certain amount. And I think just the heavy turnover and the expectation, I think that's what's costing us. But you know what? Like at the start of the season, Danny, I'll come to you. We all we all said we'll take 17th and somehow we're still there after this weekend, barring somehow West Ham beat Liverpool or something. Um, first of all, right, don't doubt West Ham. Um, they <laughs> might beat Liverpool. OK, Um <laughs> that's brave. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, cl- I'm clicking that. I'm saving that, and I'm putting that on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. I will. But. <laughs> I will. I will offer the opinion that by the time everybody listens to this podcast, we will be in 17th because um, there will have been a West Ham uh, drubbing of Liverpool, and um, you know Jurgen Klopp will you know go on record say that David Moyes is the best manager in the league. And, <laughs> but um but back to the point yeah i mean we're still 17th yeah but i don't like, know how no i'll tell you how yeah. it's because you know earlier in the season we got some form together and then somewhere along the line we've just decided that we're going to be a total liability <laughs> like i don't know i, I don't mm-hmm. the, the, the problem the problem is we're so unpredictable and i don't i don't i think yeah you're you're right cole we've got to be fair we got to be fair, you know. This is this team's had a lot of challenges to deal with. There's there's, there's no way that you know this situation um, should you know there's no way we should have been forced into this situation. But like you know, I'll say it, and everybody else is saying yeah. I've got to I've got to I've got to say it. It's not been a problem for Sheffield United, has it? No. And you know that that does that then come down to Chris Wilder being better than Dean Smith? Does that then come down to Sheffield United's players like being just you know, having more desire than than Villa. I don't know, Liam. Yeah. Um. Well, in some cases, I mean, Sheffield United did. Um. I mean, we bought more than Sheffield United, of course. He spent over 120 million. But some of Sheffield United's players that were playing in the Championship are now playing in the Premier League. I mean, you can. I, I mean, we've got what from the starting lineup I've got here. Ming's playing in the Championship with Villa. Grealish, of course. But a lot of it's a lot of uh, some signings that have took time to gel within the squad, to be honest. And it's gonna t- from the start of the season, it was gonna it was gonna take them time to adjust to league. And you expect now to be uh, comfortable with the players around them. Point about Grealish. The reason I I I agree with you, Danny, because he's probably frustrated because the players around him are not offering any service. And he's the most talented player in the squad. Everyone knows that. And he knows that his uh, next job as a, as a player 
like a football player is to get to that England call. And in order to get the England call, he needs to get more goals, he needs to get more assists. And the players around him need to perform now in order for us to get to survive and for Grealish to get that England spot. I think more than anything, he just looks like he cares. And if every yeah. other player on that pitch seemed to yeah. show the same passion as Jack Grealish, then, you know, this just wouldn't be a problem in the first place. But you get you get Jack Grealish who's angry and he's screaming when things go wrong. And then you see other players, and I don't want to name names, but you see other players just kind of, you know, saunter along, heads down, kind of like, oh, well, that's, that's a shame. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's a lot there's a yeah, lot of that really. mentality. Yeah. 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 I'd agree. Sorry to cut you off there, Liam. I just wanted to move on to uh, another topic here, and I just thought of it. I think when we look at the squad, guys, and I think you know we look at it and we say, oh, it's not that great. Like the depth isn't there. But now that you kind of think about it, do you think this was assembled? And I mean, we're gonna lose players if we go down. Like regardless, it's inevitable. If that happens, uh, hopefully not. But if it does, do you think most of this squad was put together for whatever happens? Like I, when I look at you, look at Konza, you look at Hawes, uh, you look at several other players, like you're going to lose your Grealishes, your McGinn's, your Ming's, which is obvious. But for the rest of it, I think, why would we lose them? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like most of those players were bought for either outcome. I could be wrong, but Danny, how do you feel about that? Because that's kind of the way I look at it, and that ha- gives me more hope, regardless no. of what happens, compared to the last time this happened. We we have not set up for relegation. We we haven't. Um, the the signings, the significant signings of like Wesley and Mings, uh, are evidence of that. And now what we're going to be in is in a situation where we might have to let go of some of our key players um, because the other players around them haven't been performing. I don't want this to be a relegation podcast. I know we've still got to get back into the Southampton game. Yes. (laughs) The the fact fact of the matter is this. This team is talented enough. This team has enough in them to give any team in the cha- in the in the Premier League a challenge. I know this because I saw us you know 5 minutes away or 10 minutes away from beating unbeatable FC Liverpool earlier yeah. in the season. Oh, that still hurts. Yeah. Oh. This yeah. is a case of the players not being switched on enough. I I hate I hate ever going there because I am just a pundit. I am just a fan um, who is never played at that level. But unfortunately, what I have is a uh, is a subject area of 20 teams in the Premier League. And if I was to if and if you're going to chalk it down to effort, if you're going to chalk it down to focus and passion and you know uh, un uh, undesirability to to get relegated, you know this is we're, we're bottom, maybe. Um, you know, unless you're going to talk about Bournemouth or you're going to talk about Norwich at times. And it's just it's just a shame because we know what they're capable of. That's what this is. You know what? Uh, I think a lot of this comes down. Everyone says you have to have a good spine to be successful. And on paper, we have a decent spine. Like you, you can start in goal right now with Rana. You know he cares. You can see the frustration and passion in there. Um, I, God, that game could have been way worse yesterday if it wasn't for him because he made, off the top of my head, at least two or three uh, fantastic saves. Sorry, Danny, go on. About, 
Yeah, what's that all about, by the way? Because I, I know we've got, I know we've got to get back into, I know we've got to get back into the game, right? You finish, finish what you're saying about Reina, right? But how, how the heck do you know you come out of a Premier League game having scored, like, what was it, uh, having having had like four shots to twenty eight against uh, uh, another team who was like on the in the you know lower half of, of, of teams in the Premier League? I think it's down to. Honestly, I think it's also down to the setup, and I think it's the reliability on the keeper. You look at when we bought Tom Heaton, you knew that when he was at Burnley, especially when they came up twice, uh, they were going to face a lot of shots, And they were, but they were sound defensively. They had a system that essentially worked out from the back, and they were going to be tough and gritty. We faced them twice this year. We, we know how they play. And you look at Reyna, who, honestly, I didn't really consider... To, I'm actually surprised how well he's performing in terms of the saves he's making because I always thought he was more of a, a distribution keeper more than anything, um, just kind of ahead of his time in that way in some sense because some balls he made yesterday were a little scary. Um, but I, it's tough. Like when you look at this team overall, and I'll kind of get back into what I was going about. Uh, you look at Rena; he cares. Um, it, it's evident. Um, but at the same point Danny like you just said it doesn't matter who's in that spine if you're going to concede over 20 shots in a game and have what one on target what can you expect like to rely on a keeper to make that many saves is unrealistic and to be this far in the season and this even goes within the Southampton game to face that many shots and expect to say oh well we're going to just outscore teams because that's almost like what it feels like now and at this point in the season, teams in and around us are going to start setting up shop. It, they're going to become gritty games. And I think moving forward, and this will especially kind of be the telling sign for Dean Smith and his coaching staff and these players, what are they made of and what are they willing to do? Because we're getting into the dog days of the season and excuses have in my opinion been run out because you look at the rest of our schedule i think someone on twitter compared them all we have quite the run-in and it's not going to be easy and eventually we're just going to have to be i hate to say it you're going to have to be like a kind of warnock boring style set up shop and it's going to come to that point where that has to work or you're going to go down like it's i don't really know what to say in that regards uh, Liam, if I bring this back to you, um, we'll, we'll get back yeah. into this game now because <laughs> we've been kind of going off here. Well, let's briefly acknowledge the last goal. Do you agree with the mentality just to go for it, see what happens? Or do you think part of you kind of looks at it and think, well, you know what, that does hurt the goal difference? Well, at times this season, of course, you scored late on against Watford and against Leicester in the Carabao Cup. For me, I mean, what's not to lose we're going to lose the game anyway but what frustrated me was yes he was going to Stuart Armstrong was going to score that goal but Pepe Reina jogging uh, back I'm not, I don't like to name names but Pepe Reina jogging back to the uh, goal line whereas he got Frederick Gilbert who's sprinting sprinting working so hard to get back to that line even though he knows that Stuart Armstrong is going to score that goal go back to the point it's you've got nothing to lose really um if we get the draw we get the draw but um I, I don't know. It's 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 frustrating ultimately. It's really frustrating. Oh, absolutely, Danny. Let's uh, have you chime in on here because uh, when we look at this last goal, I think obviously like 
you know, we have to get a point here. It's desperation. And you see a lot of teams do that throughout the season. Is there any concerns with you for this goal? Because I look at it, there's, there's two ways, like I just said to Liam, either you're going for it and you concede or something happens. Like it, it's a 50, 50 chance really. Yeah. I haven't got a problem with it. I just think this, you know, because it's basically us trying to get a point, us fighting to, get something back in the game. Pepe Reina's had a go to do that and that's fine. You know, he can come in there, he can cause trouble for the goalkeeper. But again, this just brings it back to us just leaving it way too late to actually try to do anything. We're still messing about with the ball in the back. I mean, let's, you know, let's let's get a bit tactical here as well. There was, you know, th- this is this is Villa acknowledging that late on that we've got to be a bit more direct. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for... The best part of about 60 minutes, we tried play, we tried playing the ball out the back against Southampton, fully knowing it wasn't doing anything. And uh, this, again, is just a result of us waiting till the 60th minute to actually try and um, get something back. So if I, if you're wondering whether I'm mad about the Pepe Reina um, goaling error, I don't know what you want to call it. Nah, I'm not. You know, that uh, that goal should hurt them. And I hope it and I hope it hurts the players because they, they need to they need to understand you know what what the result of this is what the result of sitting back and 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 being passengers for for 90 minutes is it puts you in helpless situations like that where you can only really you know you, you can only really hope to risk it all absolutely you know what guys let's wrap it up there we'll get your match balls liam this is your uh first uh kind of uh addition of the whole cast being on it so let's get okay. your uh match ball first sir for me for first ever 500 to hold, I do uh, write my the match articles, and unfortunately, I didn't get to write mine this week. But for the Southampton game, the only person, in my opinion, who tried was Samata, because every time the ball, the balls to him were inaccurate. They were so inaccurate. And it was Konza and um, Hawes just launching the ball up to him. But fair play to him. He did try and sprinted, and sprinted so hard to try and get those balls. And yes, he was unsuccessful. But for me, my, my match ball, my man of the match, would be Mabuana Samata. Fair enough. Danny? Yeah, I'd agree that Samata had a good game. I think I think he played really well. And I, 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 do think he's a, I do think he's a heck of a player. Just another one who just suffered from not having any service. And there was so many times when uh, the players around him just made the wrong passes. Um, he also, yeah, nearly scored, I think. because But he was, he was, it was, he was offside. offside. Apparently our yeah. players don't know yeah, what that is. Off- yeah, they don't because Trezeguet as well had an opportunity where he really should have buried it, but I think the whistle was already blown for offside, which was a bit dodgy, but whatever. Um, yeah, I'm going Pepe Reina because we he had it was 28 shots, man. What yeah. a joke! I mean, what a joke! Yeah, what a joke! First of all, what is a keeper supposed to do? You know, and if we're not going to count that second one, he's only conceded one really in normal circumstances throughout that whole game um he's 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 tried his best to be honest he was our best performing player you know if you're going to look at any other websites to kind of tell you who's got the highest man of the match score or whatever it's just going to be rainer everywhere because every single player on that pitch was uh was just not there uh that's including jack Grealish, by the way i thought he had a pretty he had a very poor game by the way um i think it's worth saying that i just don't like i don't like giving him stick because he's allowed to have one poor game every now and then absolutely okay uh my match ball you know what i'll read off some i just looked at the possession stats somehow we had more possession <laughs> uh 54 percent so 
considering we've had 54% possession. Um, Southampton had 28 shots overall to our four overall. Then nine on target uh, to our one. <laughs> um, I, I think I'd have to agree with Danny here. I think you just stick with Pepe Rana. I feel honestly, I just feel bad for the guy. Um, you can't judge him off the last goal, really. Um, to keep it at 1-0, I think, is a massive thing in the fact that it wasn't 3-4, maybe even 5. Um, again, I think at this point, I'm kind of clutching straws here and just looking for any positive. I guess it helps with the goal difference, I guess. It keeps us in 17th for now. Um, so I will stick it there. But anyways, guys, uh, thank you much, very much to Liam and Danny for joining me. Of course, um, this has been the 7,500 to Holt Holtcast. We will be back on a Thursday for the preview for the Carabao Cup final against Manchester City. Of course, you can find Liam on Twitter. Liam, sorry, what is your handle again? Because I forgot to write it down. That's <laughs> fine. It's uh, West Midfooty. West Midfooty. It is West Midfooty. There you go. Thank you for saving me. And of course, you can find Danny on Twitter at Razajerno. And of course, you can find me at on Twitter at Tawcast and Villain. Of course, all together, we make up the 7500 to Holt. Holtcast, go on the website, uh, www.7500toholt.com. And of course, up the villa. 